0: day every day is idol smashing day it's november no it's not november it's december december 15 2023 my name is jaron jackson i do love america for me it's always about the gospel of jesus christ his death his burial his resurrection believe the gospel unto salvation is the only way to go to heaven so that you don't go to hell because you're a sinner don't go to hell i want to start with proverbs chapter 15 verse 15 through 16 proverbs 15 15 through 16 all the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of mer- of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. You will be merry and joyful if you walk after Jesus, if you are in the fear of the Lord. And that's what I want to begin with. The main story, the only one that I'm going to be covering today, is this based veteran, former military officer, most importantly, Christian man who destroyed this idol. And I'm going to lay out, Lord willing, the lawful case of destroying idols, both spiritual and literal. I'm going to be showing what the fundamental law is so that Americans, specifically Christians, who believe that, well, it's just freedom of religious expression... And we can't say anything about people who have bad, evil religions. We can't say anything. I am going to go right to the heart today. Because God hates idols. He hates them. He wants them destroyed. And I've never seen in anywhere in the scriptures, where God is not just green lighting and weapons free against idols. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about idols the objects of worship the objects of worship now if people are worshiping people people have secured rights and if you're worshiping another man you are an idolater but that man that you're worshiping has due process of law and constitutional protections i support that 100 but idols are completely different thing. To start off, I want to direct your attention to PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren, PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. This is a basic fundamental idea, like destroying idols. Why don't you use your bullets, your dollars, take them away from the globalists and put that into American manufacturing. One of the ways that you can do that is to register at PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. Myself or someone with me will be in touch. We'll show you what the store looks like. 450 household products delivered right to your door. Vertical manufacturing so you know they don't load it up with a bunch of hazardous chemicals. It delivers within two to three days. Cancel any time. No hassle. It's not a crazy conspiracy. It's just basic simplicity, which is why you haven't been taught it. You've been taught this corporate uh, globalist scheme. Take your dollars, shift it over to American manufacturing. Bless the work that I do here. Patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Now, I want to start with this. The, the, the law of idol smashing. This is a meme, obviously, of Michael Cassidy. Christian, guy that's run for office former military officer, destroyed this idol that was in the uh, Iowa State Capitol. There are several directions that I want to start with this. There are several directions I want to take with this, but none more important than the law of God. So with that, I want to go to Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20, and I will just show you from my King James Bible where we are going so that you can see it. Exodus, Exodus chapter 20. Right? Verse, uh, verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I am the Lord thy God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. God considers it hatred towards God if you have or if you're bowing down towards other gods, if you have worship towards graven images or other likenesses of anything. Anything. If you bow down to them, God considers that hatred of him. So at the very beginning of the Bible, God hates idols. We can look at the uh, book of 2 Kings 22 when Josiah is destroying idols. King Josiah is one of the few kings in the book of First and Second Kings that did righteousness in the eyes of the Lord. He got the Bible... Right? The Bible was presented to him. The law was presented to him. And he read it and he goes, wow, God really hates idols. And without asking for permission, without seeing how people's feelings were, he destroyed them. He destroyed them. He burned them. He, he crushed them. He ground them into bits and then he burned them on altars. He destroyed everything. God hates idols. Idols are greenlit. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Not people. Idols. Idols. These could be in your head, right? It could be the, the the doctrines or the beliefs or the people that are in boxes on the internet that are constantly bombarding through your eyes or through your ears for the key terrain of the mind, the prize of the soul. You could have idols of people online, which is why you need to get offline and read the Bible and go to a local church and be under the, the discipline, the spiritual discipline of a faithful Christian man. Or how about this in the in the New Testament? For those people that are like, well, the Christians never really do anything. How about the book of uh, Acts, chapter 19, when they go to Ephesus and Paul is preaching the gospel and he so thoroughly convicts people of their sin and of their witchcraft and their sorcery that they burn their books. The Bible tells you that it's worth a lot of silver. These people freely destroy their books. The response to the gospel is to get rid of sorcery and witchcraft and idols and anything that takes away from God. Now, I want to address something very specifically before we get into the uh, the, the, the story. Many Christians today have been taught a perspective that Jesus' kingdom is not only not here... But our citizenship is in heaven, and so we don't have to worry about stuff here. Yet these same Christians will feed their bodies. These same Christians will lock their doors. These same Christians will raise their children, probably. These same Christians will plan about what they're going to do for their next meal. The same Christians in America who say that, uh, well, I'm, I'm heavenly focused, and so therefore I'm not earthly good. Well, they don't say that. That's a criticism of them. Christians have been trained to disengage. American Christians have been trained to disengage from the world, which is different from what the Bible says to be set apart. We're supposed to be holy, holy. We're supposed to be set apart as special people. We're supposed to be looking different, acting different, speaking different, doing different. That doesn't mean that we're separated physically from these people. We're supposed to be in the muck. Jesus kept his apostles on the earth with an F. They got butchered and chopped up and martyred. They were right there. Stephen had his brains bashed in with rocks. Jesus did not take his people out of the world. He kept them in the world. He just prayed that they would be protected from the world. And this Christian notion, this modern American notion that's Israel focused, that's dispensational in its doctrine, has this belief that the world is coming to an end and that evil must rise in order for Jesus to come home. And the engineering of that doctrine is that, well, I'm just not going to do anything because I I really want Jesus to come, which means that whenever I see bad, I can say publicly, yeah, that's not good, they need the Bible. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yep, it has to happen in order for Jesus to come home. And millions of Christians in America think like this. Millions, millions. This is why they, they focus on Israel. I used to be one of them. The Bible taught me otherwise. The Bible taught me that Christ's kingdom is here. And because Christ's kingdom is here, we're supposed to be walking like Jesus with his wisdom, which means when there are idols, you destroy them. Now, you can get into a conversation about how to destroy them, in which I'm going to. I'm going to lay out the law. I'm going to lay the law out for what uh, you know, uh, Mr. Cassidy did. Because don't, don't doubt me for a second. The godless commies in charge of the government are absolutely going to try to prosecute this guy for some type of hate crime. White Christian men are exactly who the government wants to destroy because the white Christian men, if they understand the law, they're the ones that are going to smash all this godlessness, which is not an insult on women. It's not an insult on minorities. It's not an insult on those things. The majority of America is white, looks like me, and Christian. The difference is that most Christians in America have been taught to disengage from the world. And because they've been taught to disengage from the world, when people like me teach that you should engage the world with Christianity, that is a threat to the entire power structure because we bring in the heat. We're bringing the truth. We're bringing the gospel and the gospel will destroy these things. So with that, I want to get into some of the the, the themes, the first theme that we'll bring up is if you stand alone, stand alone if you must, but you must stand. If that's protesting, if that's destroying idols, if that's preaching the gospel out of abortion outside of a baby butchering facilities, if that's going into public forums, if that's you know Speaker's Corner in London, if that's wherever this is, you stand. And I happen to believe that men have been taught not to battle. And if men have been taught not to battle, there's a chance that Christian men also believe that they should not battle. I'm not calling for violence. I'm not calling to physically harm people. I'm saying in a spiritual perspective, you have to be conquering every single second of the day. In all things that you do, you do for the glory of Christ. And the result of doing things for Christ's glory is a conquering of the gospel over all things. This is why you don't see jaron taking up guns and going and shooting people i'm a christian this is why you don't see christian men chopping people up like muslims do in muslim countries this is why you don't see christian men doing lawlessness what i'm encouraging christian men to do is to make the connection that because the church is disengaged now is the time to attack it's always the time to attack and the people that take that out of uh context and, and come at me let's do this publicly say that under penalty uh, to say that under uh, penalty penalty of perjury swear to that under penalty of perjury that i'm doing that tell me where you're at i'll action you in the law and i'll take all your stuff if you start to say that stuff because that's misconstruing my words this guy right here representative dunwell this guy is in Iowa this guy is one of the guys he calls himself a pastor and he's the guy who was in support of the satanic statue he says, quote, it's really not that radical. I don't want the government dictating, approving, or regulating religious expression. We'll revisit that. I would rather have an evil, blasphemous display. Think about this. This guy's a Christian. This man says he's a pastor. Okay this man says he's a pastor he says i would rather have an evil blasphemous display or no display at all than have the state dictate what they think is appropriate i write that as a bible believing jesus is the only way pastor and elected leader who respects the constitution i am shocked so many want to give up their freedom they don't uh, have so they don't have to see a display they disagree with and he says iowa satan satanic display Now, the tragic part in my mind is that that guy literally says, I write that as a Bible-believing. Stop. Does that Bible include Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 through 5? Does it include 2 Kings 22? Does it include Acts 19? Does he believe that Bible? Does he believe the Bible that the idols and the sorcery books and those things are destroyed? Does he believe that Bible? Does he believe the Bible that whenever Jesus is looking at the temple... And he says, this is a wicked and perverse generation. I'm going to destroy it. No stone will stand on itself. When Jesus destroyed the temple, when Jesus destroyed the second temple in 70 AD, does this guy believe that Bible? Does this guy believe that? See, this this is what I'm saying. Christians have been disconnected from engaging the world. So much so, he literally says, I would rather have an evil blasphemous display That man must repent. That's wrong. Now, of course, Mr. Cassidy, this is a gab. um, This is what Andrew Torba put on his gab. But this is an AI-generated graphic of Mr. Cassidy chopping the head off this Baphomet statue. Amen. And here is the head on the floor. Just a crumple of trash. Just a shiny piece of crap. He threw it in the trash can. Based Right, So there's that. And then obviously the memes just started flowing. This is uh, the meme. It's a riff on Kathy Griffin that was holding a fake Trump head. This is Mr. Cassidy, Michael Cassidy, holding the cut-off Baphomet statue head. So the memes roll. And then obviously there's a legal defense that was already started on Gibson Go. Michael Cassidy legal defense for him tearing down this horrible statue. Right? And uh, look at that. The, the funds go to R. Davis Younts Esquire, LLC. And so it's with that that I really kind of want to speak to what the law is regarding things. The first thing that we will start with, we already started with the Bible. God hates idols. I could riff on that all day long and that's really all I need to do. Because if you are a Christian and you believe the Bible, you're going to do what the Bible says. Now for the people that will say, well, the, the New Testament Christians didn't destroy idols. No, they didn't destroy idols. But they did something so much more powerful. They stood up to their government and had themselves martyred in public so other people could see them. Which one do you think is more of a boss move? See, Romans 8, verse 36 and 37 says that we are led like lambs to the slaughter all day long for Christ's glory. We are more than conquerors when that happens. So the apostles that laid the foundation, the foundation is laid, Ephesians 2, 20, in Revelation 21, 19, the, the, the foundation of the church is laid. There are no more people laying the foundations. There's no more apostles. So the apostles that laid the foundations did so through martyrdom. They did so through the works and the signs and the miracles and the gospel preaching. Right, The foundation is laid, and that's what we stand on. That's what we look to. That's how we emulate. And today, if if we we're past this open martyrdom in America, at least for the time being, the respite we've had, If we're past this open martyrdom of Christians, though, can't you feel it coming? If we're past that, shouldn't Christians be applying what God says in his Bible? Now, this is where I want to go to our state constitutions. I want to go to Iowa. And whenever I go to the Iowa state constitution... Let me bring it up. Let me do my screen. If I go to the Iowa state constitution... We're going to look up at the preamble of the Iowa Constitution. Here's the Iowa Constitution. Here's the preamble. You guys can read that. We, the people of the state of Iowa, grateful to the supreme being. Hmm. When did Iowa come? Iowa became the 29th state in 1846. When 1846, what do you think they meant by the supreme being? Right? Okay. For the blessings, so the supreme being is one who blesses. So the supreme being is an active being who gives good things. Which one is that one? Here they're two enjoyed, right? For the feeling of our dependence on him. So it's a him, it's not a her. The supreme being gives blessings, and we are dependent. The people in Iowa are dependent on him for a continuance, which means he's done something before, he's doing something now, and the expectations that he continues to do these things, of those blessings, do ordain and establish a free and independent government. Free and independent, which means Iowa is not dependent on the federal government, Iowa is not dependent on Kentucky, it's not dependent on Michigan, it's not dependent on Oklahoma. By the name of the state of Iowa, the boundaries whereof shall be as follows, and it goes on to talk about stuff. Now, the reason why this is important, because some people will stupidly say, well, the preamble doesn't matter. It's not the law. Okay, well, chill out. Hold on. Let's go to our um, Webster's. No, that's the Black's Law Dictionary. Let's go to our Webster's Dictionary, 1828, right? So 1846 was what? 18 years later. And let's look up preamble. Let's look up what what preamble means. Did I look it up? No, I didn't mark it here. I marked it in my Black's Law. So we'll look up preamble here and then we'll look up uh, preamble in our Black's Law so you can understand what a preamble is. That way you will understand why people use preambles in constitutions. Alright, here we go. Where's my pen? There's my pen. Handy-dandy camera. There we go. Preamble. Where'd you go? There you go. Preamble. To preface and uh, to introduce with previous remarks. Okay, so that is that. That's not really that long. That's fine. Let's go to our Black's Law Dictionary. Black's Law 4th says, where'd you go, preamble? Uh, Preamble. Preamble, here we go. A clause at the beginning of a constitution or statute explanatory of the reasons for its enactment and the objects sought to be accomplished. So it's telling you why they do stuff. Right now, it's not an essential part of the act and neither enlarges nor confers powers. So there's powers that aren't given, but it's the purpose. Right. The reasons for its enactment and the objects, which is the conclusion. What do you want to accomplish sought to be done? So a preamble tells you why the government's being formed and what is intended for the government to accomplish. So if you're going to create the government, which is what people do, when the people when the people create government, they intended to accomplish a purpose. The people in Iowa when they created the Iowa government, they what? They were grateful for the supreme being and the feeling of dependence on them. They wanted to continue to have those blessings. So what did they do? They continued to do stuff. Now, people might not still uh, appreciate that, okay, well, that's just a preamble. It doesn't mean anything. First of all, recognize the fact that I just showed you a state constitution, or uh, excuse me, I just showed, yeah, I just showed you the the state constitution that says, uh, you know, Dependent on uh, on him, uh, grateful for the supreme being, and an expectation for him to continue to give the blessings, like that. Like that's that's specific. Now, if we go to our U.S. Constitution, not that we have to, but we're just going to show it. Excuse me. So U.S. Constitution, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, so there's the purpose, right, establish justice and serve domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote general welfare, secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. Now, the God-hater or the skeptic will be like, well, that doesn't mention God, so there you go, that kills it. First of all, the federal, the U.S. Constitution, the U.S. Constitution is not supreme or superior over the states that's a hoax. The U.S. Constitution is supreme law of the land for the powers that are granted to the U.S. government. If powers are not granted to the U.S. government, then the U.S. government is deferential, which means it will obey the powers that are reserved by the states. How do I know that? Well, the bills of rights actually point to us. If you go down here, first of all, Amendment number seven says this. Let's get back to my this. Amendment 7 says, in suits at common law. We are a common law nation. This amendment number 7 here, we brought it up a couple weeks back, but this is how you try people's liberty interest. You try people's liberty interest according to the common law. So this is saying the common law is where we're going to have controversies in the law regarding people's rights. That's what this is. Trial by jury, fact tried by a jury, not be re-examined other than according to the rules of the common law. Now, whenever you get to the rules of the common law, how do you know what the rules of the common law are? Well, in America, we go to a guy named Sir William Blackstone, Sir William Blackstone's commentaries, and we're going to look up his volume four, Commentaries on the Laws of England, because this guy literally wrote the book, literally wrote the book on the common law. This is volume four. And if you want to go before him, you could go to Sir Edward Koch, the fourth part of the Institutes of the Laws of England Concerning Jurisdiction of the Courts. This is volume four. So you've got Sir Edward Koch, who was a jurist, which means a judge, which means someone who was basically telling people what the law was, um, you know, in Britain. And he was the predecessor of Blackstone. Blackstone was the guy that was pivotal for the founders to understand. And he was helping um, John Locke put these ideas together. So jurists, who are judges, were, were saying what the law was in England. Now, as they were saying what the law was in England, John Locke, a political philosopher, was writing out in his book, where did it go? In his book, Two Treaties of Government. So, Two Treaties of Government by John Locke is going to tell you the political philosophy that our founders had when they put together our constitutions. So before you ever get to the Constitution, you've got the history and the common law building into the Constitution. So that if the Constitution says in suits at common law, that means that there's something that common law means. Right? And we've shown the definition of this before, so I won't do it, I won't do it again. But common law is like an actual thing. There's an actual definition and it means something. But let's go down here to Amendment 9. The enumeration, that is the specification, so if something's being specified, it's being enumerated. The enumeration in this Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. That means that there are other rights retained, which means that they were never given to the government and government's never gotten them. So if people have other rights that this constitution can't be construed, which means no lawyer can twist it to mean that you can deny or disparage others retained by the people, that's pretty broad. That's incredibly broad. It's very limiting to the government. It's very deferential to the people. And number 10, the power's not delegated, which tells you powers are delegated. So the only reason, the only way that government gets powers is if they are delegated granted in as long as they are uh, given bestowed um, right so the powers not delegated which means that there are powers that the federal government does not have because the federal government is is being is is, is saying that there's not This is saying the powers not delegated, identifies that powers, one, are delegated, and two, that there are powers that the federal government does not have, which means the federal government is not this totalitarian, authoritarian, over everything, in charge of all things, kind of government. It's literally saying the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, which tells you the Constitution delegates powers to the United States. Oh shoot, it clicked on the stupid thing. The Constitution, delegates powers to the United States. The Constitution did not delegate all powers to the United States. You see how that works? Nor prohibited, prohibited by it to the states, which means these states are in the position to prohibit powers to the United States. Okay. Are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. This is saying that anything that's not expressly written in the Constitution is reserved to the states or the people. Now, why would this be the case? Because if we look at our... Where'd you go, John Locke? If we go at John Locke and we look up... Where did I find it? If we look up... uh, We're trying to find that where John Locke says that government is an express or tacit trust... And this is chapter 15. It's book two, chapter 15, and it is section 171. Here's my camera. Okay, here we go. Political power is that power which every man, having in the state of nature, has given up into the hands of society. So people, every man, by nature, from God, has power. They give up that power, and they to into their governors, Whom the society hath set over itself with this express or tacit trust that it shall be employed for their good and the preservation of their property. Now, if you have a trust and the purpose of the trust is for the preservation of themselves and their property, what type of law is that? That is a common law system. How do we know that? Folks, I'm setting this up so you can see where it's, it's lawful to destroy idols. That's where we're going with this. Here's the common law, right? As distinguished from law created by the enactment of legislatures. So legislatures literally don't write the common law. The common law comprises the body of those principles and rules of action relating to the government and security of persons and property. Doesn't that just sound like the trust that was spoken about? Doesn't that just sound like the frame of government that John Locke was pointing to? Now, where would we find? Where would we find what these crimes are that Mr. Uh, Mr. Cassidy committed? Well, let's go to Volume Four. I'll show you. This is Commentaries on the Law of England, Book the Fourth. Now, if we go here in this book, this is page 41. Is Chapter Four. Chapter four is first and foremost, because most people in America, because the Christians and our bad knowledge have been, have been, because we have been trained to disengage from the culture, the first thought is going to be, how do we, um, where was that? The first thought's going to be on his legal defense. Like you, you see that? The first thought is on legal defense fund. Now, let me ask you the question why would there be a legal defense fund already established for this guy? Why would that be the case? Why would there already be a legal defense fund? See, he tore the he tore the statue or he tore the idol down yesterday. Why is there already a legal defense fund? You could be skeptical, cynical and say, well, the lawyers want the money. Okay, I, I generally agree with that. But you could also say that people are going to come after him knowing good and well that Christian men who tear down Satan statues are going to be attacked. Is is that not what you, you know, like? People don't do a legal defense fund unless they have some type of legal issue. But I don't grant that. What I want to do is I want to focus on what the law is. So let's just do this. Let's do this. This is my handy dandy camera. This is chapter the fourth of offenses against God and religion. If we look at what Sir William Blackstone, who defines what the common law was. So the reason why I'm showing you this, if you bring Blackstone to any judge and you say, this is what Blackstone says about the common law. They're going to be like, okay, because I can't say anything. This dude wrote the book. He tells us what the common law is. So when people say, the common law doesn't exist. It's that unwritten law that you can't find anywhere. It's like, really? Because here's a book that literally says what? Now here the S's look weird because it's an old book. But here you go. Christianity being thus deformed by the demon of persecution upon the continent. He's talking about Europe. So there's demons persecuting Christianity on the continent. We, the Brits, cannot expect our own island should be entirely free from the same scourge. So... Um, uh, Blackstone is saying there's demons that are persecuting Christians on the European continent. And here on this island, that's an S. This is an S. This island, we can't, we can't expect to be um, in, free from the same scourge. And therefore, we find among our ancient precedents a writ of di uh camburendo, right? Of heretics, right? Which is thought by some to be as an ancient as the common law itself. So there's actually something you can write that goes against heresy uh, as part of the common law. However, it appears from Vince that the conviction of hearsay by the common law was not in any petty ecclesiastical court, but before the archbishop himself. Now get this, what he's saying is that the conviction of hearsay is not petty. It's not a petty ecclesiastical court, which is a church court. It's actually before the archbishop himself in a provincial synod, which means they took hearsay incredibly important. They took it very seriously. If you say something as a heretic, it is considered very important. And that the delinquent was delivered over to the king to do as he should please with him. So that the crown had a control over the spiritual power. Look at that. The crown had a control over the spiritual power. Why is this? Because it's the common law. Now, if we bring this to um, let's let's go further, just to show you, just to show you that Christianity is part of the common law, right? <laughs> let's let's uh, let's look at this the fourth and so so blackstone lists out several issues that um, he lists out several species of offenses several ways that you can actually go against the law of god in the common law the fourth species of offense therefore more eminently against god and religion look at that more eminently against god and religion is that of blasphemy against the almighty by denying his being or providence by denying his being what's an idol what did god say What did God say? By denying his being or providence, by uh, contumelious approaches of our Savior Christ, whether also be referred all profane scoffing at the Holy Scripture, scoffing at the Holy Scripture, or exposing it to contempt and ridicule. Do you think satanic idols in Capitol buildings are exposing what? The Almighty to contempt and ridicule? Do you think that's denying his being or his providence? These are offenses punishable at common law by fine and imprisonment or other infamous corporal punishment. For Christianity is part of the laws of England. Hold on. This is Blackstone, page 49, book the fourth, chapter the fourth, saying that Christianity is part of the laws of England. Let's go to our maxims. When we look at our maxims, and we go to 49, what does this say? The Christian religion is part of the common law. That which is against divine law is repugnant to society and is void. Folks, there will be people like this guy right here. Um, Where do we go? This guy right here. This guy right here, who is a state representative in Iowa, who calls himself a Bible-believing, Jesus-is-the-only-way pastor, elected leader who respects the Constitution, this dude don't know the law. And because this beta male who's been indoctrinated to disengage from the governing of the world is now an elected orifice, he's sitting here saying, I'm shocked that so many want to give up their freedom so they don't have a, see a display they disagree with. Bro, you don't even know the law, homie. You don't even know what the Constitution says. You deny your own Constitution because you deny your own preamble. The preamble tells you the purpose of the Iowa Constitution. You don't look at what the historical definition of... Um, where are we at? Let's, let's look at what blasphemy is. Let's look at this 1828 dictionary. And let's see what the definition... Let's see what the definition of blasphemy is because you heard Blackstone say that blasphemy is punishable under the common law, right? So let's look up blasphemy, where'd we go? Where'd you go, blasphemy? Someone who's calling me, get out of here, spam. Let's do, where we go? Blasphemy. Where's blasphemy? Uh, Blaspheme, uh, blasphemy, and indignity. An indignity offered to God by words or writing, reproachful, contemptuous, or reverent words uttered impiously against Jehovah. Blasphemy is an injury offered to God by denying that which is due and belonging to Him or attributing to Him that which is not agreeable to His nature. In the Middle Ages, blasphemy was used to denote simply the blaming or condemning of a person or a thing. Among the Greeks, to blas- blaspheme was to use words of ill omen they were which they were careful to avoid. That which derogates from the prerogatives of God. So that which derogates from the prerogatives of law, uh, of God. I want to show you this. Let's go back to our maxims. And maxims are things that are, are true. They're, they are without proof. You don't need to prove them because they're considered true in the law. A maxim of the law is something in the law that you can't argue with that everyone agrees. Here is something that we'll say against the common law. Those things which are derogatory to the common law are to be strictly interpreted, right? Things derogatory to the common law are not to be drawn into precedent. If the common law includes blasphemy laws, if the common law says you uh, you can't commit crimes against God um, and his nature, what do you think having a stupid... um, What do you think having a... uh, what do you think having a statue in the Iowa State Capitol is? The U.S. Constitution speaks to the common law. The U.S. Constitution says in the 10th Amendment that the, the rights and the powers are reserved to the states. If the state's preamble, like Iowa, includes the recognition of a supreme being who is a hymn, who gives good gifts that they are grateful for and they're expecting their continued provision... And the historical meaning of the word blaspheme or the word, um, we could look up idol if you wanted to, But the historical meanings of these words don't include putting satanic statues in their temple or the the capital. When you get people like this guy who calls himself a Christian and says, I'm shocked so many want to give up their freedom. This is gaslighting. This is weak Christianity. This is not idol destroying. This is not Bible obedient Christianity. This dude is a freaking hoax. This guy right here does not have a perspective that Christianity is actually to save the world. He has a perspective that the world gets worse and worse and worse and worse. I completely reject that. I completely reject that. Now, I want to draw a sketch. Let's get to our sketch. All right, here's this. Let's get back to our sketching. And let's sketch out. Let's sketch out what would be the case. And we'll show you. Where is this? There we go. So there you go. There's your, there's your sketch. What we're gonna do is we're gonna say uh, the law of uh, idle smashing. Right? So the law of idle smashing, that's what we're gonna be doing. So the very first thing we begin with is the gospel, because that is what saves. So the death, the burial, and the resurrection. So when the rock rolled away, so the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus came out and he said in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, I want to point out that your rights initially come from, everything comes from God. Genesis 1.1, 1, 1. he created everything. The New Testament begins whenever uh, the death of the testator. That's uh, Hebrews 9, 17. So the death of the New testator. the New Testament is now built on Jesus. Jesus, now as king, has a new way of doing things. And he told his people to go. So the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is that of which we have that atoning sacrifice. Now that the king is up, or now that the king is on the throne, he wants his people to go tell the world about him, which is one difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. See, the Israelites in the Old Testament didn't have to proselytize. They weren't told to go try to convert people to be Israelites. They were just supposed to obey God. Now, part of obeying God is to go tell people about Jesus. So when Jesus says, go, that's where your power comes from. One of the definitions of rights equals power of free action right the founders of america the founders equal christians they were christians and because they were christians they reserved to themselves their rights So they understood that Jesus gave them rights, which was really power, so that they could use what Jesus gave them for Christ's glory, which is what we're supposed to be doing. So they reserved the rights to themselves, and then they created a big, fat, impenetrable wall you can't get across, and then they said, here's the Constitution. This Constitution is an express public trust, and this is what my mentor in the law, Dave Jose, teaches— you can go look up him and he's got the 4U that's a 4 and the letter U on twitter so the people create the constitution which is an express public trust the frame of that is always going to have the legislature it's always going to have the executive and it's always going to have the judicial this is included in the 50 plus 1 so there's 50 state constitutions and there's one federal constitution so there's 50-plus-1 constitutions that all have a legislature, executive, judicial. Now, this law of idol smashing, the two parties in play are, you've got, uh, what's his name, Michael Cassidy, the dude that's destroyed the statue, and then you've got the group, right, the group who own the statue. So the idol, we'll call this, uh, you know, the idol We'll just put it like this big capital I. The idol is owned by the group. Now, there's material worth here. There's material worth, you know, the aluminum or whatever it's made out of, the wood, uh, the time to set it up, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, there's a material cost to this thing. So, what Michael Cassidy did was he basically destroyed this display. So, the two issues that you could arise are one, breach of peace. Breach of peace, which is like riotous behavior, or and or the destruction of property. Now, if you wanted to be stupid and said uh, hate speech, let's say we can uh, we can address that too. Okay, so let's say that he's uh, breaching the peace, right? He's he's riotous behavior. He's destroying public property, you know, whatever. He's he's doing stuff he's not supposed to do, right? Then you've got the actual destruction of the property. And then you can say that he's got hate speech. And then maybe we come down here and we just say that he's a domestic terrorist because he's a, a Christian. Right? The government would call them a domestic terrorist because they hate Christians. Right, So let's just be, let's just be you know, overly prosecutorial as uh, Biden's DOJ is. And let's just say that these are his four offenses. Let's address them one by one. So when we go to the breach of peace, every single one of these, if they're going to go up against this guy, they have to be in a court of record. Now that court of record moves by the common law, has to. Has to. That's the definition of court of record. The def- uh, uh, What am I saying? Common law. Um, court of record is going to have party A versus party B. It's going to have the magistrate, which is going to be the guy wearing the robe. right? There's the guy wearing the robe. And then it's going to have the jury. The jury is actually the one in charge. The jury is the one that can judge what? Both the facts and the law and we'll explain that but a court of record moves by the common law you can get that into a blacks law dictionary number four or earlier because after six they changed lawyers changed it they changed the definition of common law Um, So, you've got party A versus party B, and it moves by the common law, which for all intents and purposes, you can go read Blackstone or Coke if you actually want to understand what those are, but basically, the jury can judge the facts in the law, and this jury is a jury of his peers. So, these are your peers. These peers are your neighbors, right? These are people who actually know you. These people know you, Okay. So, you got to go get a jury of your peers, people that, that are from where you're from and know who you are, so they can judge you accordingly. Now, B, as the, the people, let's call these the idol people, B has to swear under penalty of perjury. Which means if someone wants to say, You destroyed my idol, right? it's cassidy versus this group or the idol someone in here has to swear as a living man someone someone has to say i swear now the swearing that they're going to say is this guy destroyed this guy's pro- this guy destroyed this group's pros- property but this guy has to put himself in the noose he has to make himself accountable And whenever he makes himself accountable, then this jurisdiction, that jurisdiction is just power, this jurisdiction then gets control over Cassidy. But you can't get jurisdiction over someone else unless someone swears. So a group, let's say that this is the satanic uh, group of America, right, of America. The satanic group of America can't swear because it's an entity, now let's go back to this because this legislature can pass statutes that create entities that then could be like religious groups and if you are a church and you're a 501c3 or you're a 508 or you're a 50 whatever you are a created entity that's ultimately controlled by the government So if you understand your uh, First Amendment for the U.S. Constitution or just any other uh, Bill of Rights that secure your liberty interest with your religion, your liberty interest is actually here. So whenever you are exercising your faith, it is accepted from the powers of government, which means that none of these guys can actually go against your expression of religion right but if you are a group controlled by and created by the legislature statutes created entities religious groups then you guys right here have statutory provisions and your religious expressions your religious expressions in this religious group are derivations of this versus if cassidy has his religious expression, which is to destroy the freaking idol. It is here. So Cassidy's religious expression is his right. Cassidy is the living man. He's a natural man. He's he's an individual. These guys are created entities. So for these guys to try this guy's uh, to try this guy, they need to do a, a court of record. Now this is not how things are done. This is what Dave's group, and there's a notice, uh, we'll call it the Dave's Killshot Notice. Dave's Killshot Notice is the link in the description below that is actually going to get us back to this. So I'd ask that you uh, sign the JOT form that's in the notice and share everything because this is what your Constitution secures. This is the common law. This is what you're guaranteed by law and by right. Okay? But what happens is that law schools over the past century have taught statute, have taught uh, rules, and they've taught case law. So whenever they generate a lawyer, this lawyer thinks like the law schools. So this lawyer is going to then participate in commerce for money, which is where he represents you. And he's going to be representing you for money in these fake courts that the legislature creates. So the legislature will pass a statute that then creates a court. That that court create court. That that court now has its own rules and its own case law. And this is where uh, this is where they're going to take Michael Cassidy. So this Cassidy Legal Defense Fund. Is going to be this group right here, or the government, or somebody else saying we we need an attorney. So you're going to get some you know uh, money making attorney, and they're going to take this attorney and they're going to bring him and he, this attorney is going to represent this group. And this attorney is going to be representing that group according to uh, statutes, rules, and case law. This legal defense fund is already going to have look at that David R Davis Younts Esquire LLC. That dude is literally telling you, R. Davis Younts, Esquire. So he's a bar member, right? He's a lawyer. LLC. What's an LLC? An LLC is legislature makes a statute to create an entity, and it's the religious association. It's making an LLC. So that lawyer is conducting commerce as part of an LLC called a law firm. And that guy's law firm is now a created entity that was formed by a statute, which is a power from the legislature, which was granted by the Constitution, ultimately come from the people. right? So this guy, presumably, is going to put himself underneath that attorney. right? So Michael Cassidy, having destroyed the idol, which was his religious expression, this attorney, having been taught by the law school, is not going to argue this as rights that are accepted from government that this wall can't break. This attorney is going to be arguing some statute that protects protects religious liberty, right? So this guy is going to argue some statute, I don't know what it is, he's going to argue some statute that was written to protect the religious expression. Uh, instead of uh, according to the common law. So anything that comes here is going to be argued as derivations of statutes, period. They're not going to be arguing this. Now, Michael Cassidy has the ability to stand as these guys. These guys create government. These guys have rights. And because these guys create government and have rights, they can send notice and affidavit, at will, by right, anytime they want, for whatever reason, to correct government, to uh, serve evidence, to do all sorts of stuff. Now, if that's the case, they're going to continue to do this, and whenever they do this, uh, they can assert their rights ahead of all this. So, if you have a right secured in the Constitution you are actually sending your notice and affidavit into the government, like you're telling your trustees who are sworn to the constitution, and your rights precede all of this. It basically cuts all that off. So before the legislature can act, the executive uh, 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 branch can act, the judicial branch can act, before any of that, you're swimming upstream and you're saying, by law, I have the right of religious expression. And nothing derivative, nothing downstream from this can actually affect that right. Which means that before we get to this, we have to come to the court of record. And the court of record doesn't allow any of this junk in there. Because the court of record is standing on your rights and it's moving by the common law. And this is what uh, we need to get back to. So with that, that's... uh, that's the explanation, um, but I believe he absolutely has the right to do it. He's got the free speech, he's got the religious liberty, he's got all those things. And if the, uh, the, the one thing that the people who own the idol would have is for material costs. What are the material costs that he destroyed? I swear that I own the idol, it cost me 500 bucks, you owe me 500 bucks. And a jury of his peers could look at that and be like, well, if we judge that, yeah, he's guilty, yeah, Cassidy, pay the dude 500 bucks for the cost of his stupid idol. Pretty cool stuff. Let's get back to that world. Let's get back to that law. Let's get back to the fundamentals. Let's get back to the gospel, most importantly. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the death, the burial, the the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. It's the only way to be saved. I want you to go to heaven. I want you to believe the gospel. If you do not believe the gospel, you are a sinner. And because you are already a sinner, you are going to go to hell. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. I'm saved. I don't want that for anybody else. Even the people that put up the satanic idol, I don't want them to go to hell. I don't like them. I don't agree with them, but I love them. And because I love them, I want them to go to heaven. Because of this, we must bring the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. Anything that we're doing needs to be as ambassadors of Jesus Christ because that gospel message is the only message that saves. Believe the gospel, my friends. Listen, uh, what I do takes time, costs money. One of the best ways you can do support me is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. You sign up, direct product purchase, write goods to your door. It's household items. The benefit is that you're benefiting American manufacturing, there will be an opportunity for you to change the way that you do product purchase to save money, and you benefit me and support the work that I do. Right to your door, cancel anytime, no hassle, no extra cost to cancel, not a big deal. If it's not for you, God bless, if so, uh, thank you for joining. We also have humblewb.coffee, humblewb.coffee, which is delicious air roasted coffee. Have that, join that association, have it delivered right to your door, just like the Patriot Switch option. It's delicious. It's air roasted. 99% of coffee makers put their beans in a hot metal drum, lot a fire to it, and then put a bunch of fake stuff with it. Instead, air roasted coffee, humblewb.coffee, does not have any additives. It's organic. It's fair trade. It has nothing loaded into it that is fake. It's just the way that God intended for coffee to be. Right to your door. Appreciate your time. Lord willing, we'll be back on Monday. Until then, my name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Smash them idols and go to war.